everybody. Welcome to episode 315 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for people who play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home in your computer. In your computer. computer. Ooh. Jamming some Magic Arena. Hopping down on that battlefield. Incarnating yourself as a creature. Planeswalker. Or you're you're sitting around a table with some friends. Or even heading out to your local Grand Prix or, you know, FNM or other. We're here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, my gosh, can I just say, first of all, I'm really glad we started a news podcast when we did. Yes, <laughs> we did. Because, oh man, wow. the land of news is busy. It is just, if the, if the <laughs> land of news was a busy city street, we would be in the middle of downtown New York in Times Square at midnight when they're dropping the ball. Yeah, that's right. On New Year's Eve specifically. That it keeps ha- it's like a Groundhog Day for New Year's Eve where it just keeps it just happening, keeps happening. Over and over yeah. and over. Every day is New Year's Day. I mean, there is so much news in the magic world that uh, we're going to have to stuff some of it into this show, too, because that's right. we can't not talk about it. So we're going to do a deep dive on all the news that's happened in the past week, specifically revolving around the Mythic Invitational for Arena. Yes. Which got announced recently and a bunch of uh, information related to that and happenings and controversy and wild stuff. And formats. And formats and arena. That's one of the less exciting parts. Yeah. (laughs) But But still also a controversial part. That's right. We'll also have a standard corner for you. Yeah. Where we're going to tell you all about what we've been playing on arena recently and enjoying. Yes. And or not enjoying. Or not. Yeah. Specifically, I have not been enjoying the deck Megan's playing. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> what could it be? And then we're also going to try out a new version of Flavor Text Theater. Yes. Very excited about that, where we crack a pack of Ravnica Allegiance and uh, have some fun with it. And uh, yeah, you'll be the first to hear this ever, this brand new Flavor Text Theater. Will it work? We don't know. Until we try. You'll have to see right, right along with us or here as it were. But uh, before we start the show, a big thank you to everybody who helps support us and everything that we do on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Yes. If you are already a patron, we have so many thanks in our hearts. Oh my gosh. Our hearts are completely full of thanks. As we said last week. Yes. And luckily, um, thanks are good for hearts. That's true. Doctor recommends thanks. Thanks. At least one thank a day. (laughs) For your heart health. (laughs) keeps the doctor away yes well, <laughs> that's probably true actually that being thankful you know, is good for your heart yeah people say that you you know if you if you practice gratitude or something i don't know really yeah i feel like laughing right they oh said for that. sure laughing yeah so, you know we're out here trying to do what we can for your heart health as well <laughs> we're not a medical podcast but we are looking out for your heart health Yes. And uh, you're looking out for ours, too, by becoming a member on Patreon. And I just want to say that um, it means a heck of a lot, even more if you become a patron right now for Good Luck High Five, as we might be having a little bit of trouble making ends meet financially. And you becoming a member of the show is a way to help us like stay buoyant, stay keeping what we do, doing what we do and not like just completely, you know, not being able to buy groceries or something in a month to be completely. I mean, we're just being real with you here. Um, but things are kind of tight right now. Um, not not related to the podcast, but no. perhaps related to other parts of our lives, which we can't talk about. Yeah. So so it would mean your pledge right now would mean perhaps even triple what it normally does. And if you get anything out of the show, if you'd like to see it continue, please go over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic and please help us out. We're just going to level with you. <laughs> we really need your support right now. And it, w- and it would really also mean a lot to us. So if you like what we do, uh, put your money where your mouth is essentially and help us continue to do what we do. And we'll continue to do what we do for you. That's right. Thank you. And shout out as well to Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Uh, they are the place to go if you want cards if you want boosters if you want singles which is the same thing as cards so i said it (laughs) twice specifically single cards yes one at a time one at a time cards they very kindly are uh have sent us the next box that we'll be doing for our hot chip challenge a box of ravnica allegiance uh so you can check that out on our channel in the coming weeks 
big, you know, big ups to them. Yeah. Card Kingdom. I've never heard a single word, bad word said about them anywhere on the internet. And Literally that not. I think is the only thing I've never heard a bad word said about anything on the yes, internet. Because people like to say bad words on the internet. They sure do. But nobody has about Card Kingdom because you just nope. literally can't. Nope. You literally can't. But yeah, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GL, or excuse me, slash good luck high five. Ah, I almost messed that up. Um, and we've got new video content out there three days a week. Our board games channel is youtube.com slash GLHF board games. What review we post this week? We pro we posted a game that we all call Real Real Dank. Why do we call it that? Because the actual name of the game is Railroad Inc. <laughs> and the first time that we all played it, one of the players at the table misheard what was being said. We're playing and thought Real that we Real Dank. A Real Real Dank game. I love it. I love it. Speaking of three days a week, we also stream three days a week on twitch.tv slash GLHF magic. talking about three days a week? Yeah, because I said we put out videos three days a week. Oh, gotcha. On YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of three days a week. Name your favorite three days of the week in order from first to third. Oh, wow. Great question. Thank you. Um, Friday. Yep. Saturday. Yep. Oh. Um... <laughs> You're just gonna go straight through the weekend. Thursday? Ooh, Thursday. Hot take. Hot yeah, take. It really Why is. Thursday? Do you know what? I just like Thursdays. You know, because Friday's coming. Exactly. Like Friday's coming. Mm -hmm. Thursday tends to be a, a day that I don't have as much on my schedule. Yeah. Like I tend to front load the week. And so Thursday is just like a nice breather. Usually cool my down. that's my one free <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> You know, burning that midnight ease. oil. Yeah. Burning the candle at both ends. Burning the midnight candle at both ends. Ooh, midnight candle. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about magic. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a deep dive on the Arena Mythic Invitational coming up uh, next month. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I almost didn't believe it when Literally I said it. Literally next month. Next month at PAX East. It's a giant uh, tournament that's going to be used to showcase Arena. It's kind of the kickoff of what I would call Wizards of the Coast's kind of a big arena push and kind of... I would say tilting themselves towards arena. Yes. They the are creating a slide down which they can slide <laughs> into a big arena ball pit. Yes. As it were. But yes. Yeah, so I was thinking of like a splash pool, a splash pool. Anyways, a big arena splash pool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've kind of just seen this kind of uh, shifting of their focus and we've seen that, you know, through the creation of the MPL and yeah. now this big tournament. Yeah. So let's talk about the basics of this tournament in case you haven't been up to date on what's going on. And really, if you haven't, who cares? It's a lot of information and yes. a lot to keep on your toes about. So there's 64 people at this uh, Mythic Invitational, okay. which includes the 32 of the MPL. Yes. Minus the Ray Sato. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Who cheated and so is gotten Awkward. a slap on the wrist. Yes. Okay. Uh, then so there's... Another 28 spots? Nope. That's not that math. math is Don't bad. Look at me. <laughs> 24 spots. Math is for blockers. Come on. There's another 24 spots that are in, inv invitationals. Why are my Invite words? Invite slots. Invite slots. Thank yes. you. That are for different streamers and personalities yeah. in the magic community. And those were announced last week. Yes. There's a lot of familiar names like Gabby Sparts, yep. like Kenji, uh, people who are out there who are streaming all the time yep. um, and you know, and then also some lesser known streamers. Yes. Which is pretty cool to see. And then there's also going to be the top eight players on Arena uh, as of noon on Thursday, February 28th. <laughs> yeah. So. so the top eight constructed <laughs> ranked players. Top eight at Mythic level. Yes. Obviously. Wow, this is, so it could be anybody. Yes. And there's some people out there who are who trying. Are, they are They are shooting for it. They're shooting for it. And I mean, I guess go for it if you if you really want to do this because the prize pool is incredible. It's the yes. biggest prize pool Magic has ever announced. Yes. So it's a million dollars for the prize pool for this event. A cool mill. Yes. Between 64 people, $250,000 to the winner. That's like five pro tours <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then it's, you get the last, the lowest payout is $7,500. <laughs> 
You can come That's in so much money. You can come in dead last in this tournament. You could just show up, lose, lose. You're out, and you're like, "Thank you, goodbye. I'll take my seventy five hundred dollars." I played two rounds, <laughs> um, and we know that would be two rounds yes. because it's double elimination. Double elim. So if you go lose, lose, and some people will show up and go That's, lose, that lose. will happen. Uh, and they'll, you know, they'll walk out of there <laughs> with, with $7,500. And you get to be at PAX because you get, uh, like a badge. And I think you also get a badge for one guest. So nice. you can go hang out in PAX. So like win, win, yeah. <laughs> win, win, win in this situation. Win, win, win. Even if you lose, lose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Uh, uh, so there are more of these coming. Yeah. Um, but those ones, this is the only one with those invitational spots. Yes. Right now. Yeah, so the next Mythic Arena Mythic Championships will just be the MPL battling it out, plus people who qualify for this tournament, much, much like people used to qualify for the Pro Tour or whatever. We just don't know. But how are you going to qualify? Who knows? Nobody knows. Because you know what? It's not like that's important information for people who want to qualify. Ooh, Megan, are you sitting under a willow tree right now? Because I saw some shade. <laughs> Willow trees do cast maybe the most shade. <laughs> they do, and they're one of my favorite trees. They're very pretty. They're very pretty. Hey, did you know? <laughs> Ooh, tree fact? This is going to be a tree fact. So we just had the polar vo- oh, vortex yeah. here in Minneapolis. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, if you're newer to the show, we're in Minneapolis. Yes. And the polar vortex rolled through last week. We canceled two days of our streaming yeah. because it was literally too cold for us to be in the office. It was too cold in here. It was too cold to drive. Yeah. Driving across town the no. Tuesday before, I was my teeth were chattering in my car and that was like a 15 minute drive yeah. tops it and at the like end of it i hurt negative 48 below with wind chill yes uh, so anyways but one of the upsides is that of that is that uh the emerald ash borer is a really problematic invasive species yes and it like people are saying that it's gonna decimate that population yeah. of emerald ash borers because it was too cold for their larvae to all the larvae survive. were like and you know what? Usually I would feel bad, but those suckers can get out of here. Yeah, get out of here, emerald ash borers. Don't bore our ash. It makes me so sad because there's plenty like trees in my neighborhood yeah. that get cut down. There yeah. was a tree in front of my house that got cut down because it it was emerald ash bored. <laughs> he got bored. Uh, I'm so emerald ash bored right now. <laughs> We're so bored of you, emerald Anyways, ash Anyways, that was your tangent about trees. Great tree fact. Trees, invasive species, and winter. What were we talking about? We were talking about the shade I was casting on how people don't know how to qualify. I mean, okay, so like this is very important, right? People should be able to learn this and uh, Magic has responded by saying like that we're figuring this out as it happens. There's a lot of new information. We're trying our best or whatever. And so this information I think has been promised to us by the end of the month. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what it is. And then um, yeah, but you could also have the opinion that you shouldn't be trying to build the airplane in the air. Yes. (laughs) But... (laughs) But you can also have the opinion that that's a fine way to build an airplane. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit more. I was going to say, sorry, on that that kind of track, one of the people I was super excited to see Ah, on the invite list... Uh, for this coming Mythic Invitational was Andrew Ellenbogen, who is a recent winner of the PT. And it was really cool to be like, I I can understand how it could have been a disappointing feeling to be like the winner of one of the last PTs before they swap over to this new thing. Yeah. So that was an invite that made me really happy, kind of acknowledging like, hey, you recently won what used to be the biggest deal. Yes. Um, and even as we move and away, now we it, have there's new, still bigger room deals. For, those, for those people. So I'll just take a moment to touch on, we're going to talk about this later, but you, you mentioned it. So Andrew oh, yeah. Ellenbogen got invited, as did the winners of the past season's Pro Tours, except for F- Pro Tour 25th anniversary. And that has some people pretty sad and understandably so, I think. I feel like if you're going to invite a category, yeah. you should invite the whole category. Yes. I mean, even if, even if it, you look at it and you're like, that's three whole people. I mean, you've because that was a team it. event, <laughs> right. but yeah, it still was it like, it just... oh, because we won a team tournament, which a lot of players look at and it's so difficult to win a team tournament. Oh yeah. Because you have to beat, if you're facing down a team of hall of famers, which they did, which they did, which the winners of PT yes. 25th anniversary did. Yeah. 
You have to be really good across the board. So that was a snub for the Invitational list. A couple of other big streamers, in fact, the two uh, what I think are arguably biggest magic streamers, Jeff Hooglin and Caleb D, uh, were not invited. We don't know why, but um, they were left off the list. To be fair, no one knows why or how these that's true. These groups of That's streamers true. were chosen. And a lot of people were kind of upset because of the arbitrary nature of the invitations and who they decided to invite. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's an invitational tournament and wizards can invite whoever they want to an invitational tournament. That's very true. And that's certainly, as you can probably imagine, how we feel about some of the invites. Yes. Looking at them and it's just like people who are like, oh, you're only inviting some of these women because they're women. Yeah. Guess what, buddies? They get to determine the invites. Yeah. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. Based on That's their qualifications. what it is. That's what it is. That and wizard sets up. I think um, a lot of people have, you know, there's been some criticism thrown at the, some of the women who have been invited and that kind of thing. And that's totally classless and like, just don't do it. It's not their fault. They were like invited to this tournament. Of course, they're going to say yes. It's yes. an amazing opportunity. And like, just be happy for the people who didn't. And I think it's fair to be happy for everybody who got invited and to still have a problem and be like, oh, I wish these other people could have yeah. been invited to and i wish that there you could also wish as i certainly do yeah that there had been some clarification around hey this is what we were thinking like hey here's a set of streamers we looked at this bracket of this many viewers and we picked a handful to support the people that have been streaming forever right when, when yeah. you look at like gabby and you look at kenji people who have been streaming forever and have huge audiences but we didn't want to make it all those people so then we looked at like another bracket of streamer who's like people who have been doing it consistently for a while and then people who are newer to it if that's how you did it great yeah but tell me that so that i, I think look that would at be it and i know yeah i think too my other opinion about this is that i love the idea of doing an invitational i think it's mm -hmm. great to show off arena and if you want to do a wacky format like this one kind of is um go for it i however think that you might have had a better time with this this is just a marketing pr move if you said let's put the invitational a little bit later in the year after we've had our you know pro level mpl yeah like tur big tournament where we pay out the million dollars we do it like you've got legit qualifications and all this kind of thing so that you have that and then you have your invitational would i make the prize a million dollars probably not because i feel like that's kind of where some hurt feelings are coming from too i would make it you know good it yeah. would be, it, and fun and i wouldn't invite probably all of the mpl i would say the mpl that are like fan or community favorites like let's have reed duke play in this tournament or something like that yeah. but you know um people who can have a good time when they're playing and not necessarily just the spikes of the mpl or something so that they're not just <laughs> destroying our poor community members yes at, um, which is certainly a worry that yeah. i also have um i've i've thought gonna, about it I mean, a little it's bit gonna happen exactly um and i i hope that when we all watch the mpl or the i mean the mythic invitational yeah in march that you remember if you're watching community members just lose and be like oh should they have had those invites the answer is still yes yeah um, they've been put in a situation where they're going to be playing some really tough competition and whether they do great or whether they're the person in the lose-lose bracket, that doesn't reflect whether or not they should have been invited to that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's just some thoughts that have been coming up about it. My personal opinion is they should have done this later and they should have restructured the tournament and put a little yeah. less money in it. Um, and I think that would have alleviated a lot of issues. But I agree, it would have been... Cool to see like a billup of like here's our very first MPL yeah. only tournament like sweet let's see hard that. hitting competitive exactly. this is what the you know ma vast majority of Magic players want to see and let's then we see them like fun. battle it out a couple yeah. of times and then we hit yeah like a big kind of like seasons and like the world championship is always in the fall yeah kind of like a that that feeling of event because you build up to it right yeah okay so let's talk about the tournament structure itself we mentioned it's two losses and you're out so this is double elimination the players will be playing in groups of 16 there'll be a cut to saturday and then a cut to a top four on sunday mm -hmm. that's how it's going to work and the gameplay i mentioned it as a little bit wacky because it's the first time we're ever going to see this format in magic for the history of magic okay so what it's going to be is best of one standard you have to bring and submit two standard decks they can be the same deck if you're like, I'm all in on mono red, which I'm going to tell you right now, probably won't be a wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. Best of one games. I mean, you can just get the job done uh, real quick. Go for it. Uh, or they can be different. You do not have a sideboard. However, if you're playing a card like Mas Mastermind's Acquisition in mono black, yeah, that counts. You can have a sideboard, whatever. But basically no sideboard. Um, so who goes first? 
and which deck they play first will be de- determined randomly. Mm-hmm. So not only who, who's playing first, but which deck you're playing first. In the second game, players will use the deck they didn't play in game one, in game two. The player who went second in game one now goes first. Okay. So it's not even the loser, by yeah. the way. Uh, and then in the third game, you get to pick your deck again, and then it's randomly determined who goes first if you need a third game. Wow. So Wacky. there you go. That is... That wild. is wild. Weird. Um, my hot take prediction. Yeah. We're going to see a bunch of mono red. Yes. We're going to see a bunch of white weenie life gain. Yes. And then, I don't know, Nexus? Who knows? I don't... That's a difficult. If I... If I were to... Okay, say you're playing this. What What's your take right now? What you bring? Um... I mean, personally, yeah, I would probably be bring a Nexus deck for anything that's mid range. Yep, um, and then I'd probably bring a a mono white life gain. Yeah, I think that's for right. the for the mono red matchup. Yeah, because you just can't ignore it, and and mono colored decks are so much. They just have an advantage in best of one. There's just no other yeah. way to say it. They do. Yeah, and aggressive decks have an advantage in best of one. Yeah, will you see anybody playing control? I don't I know. I don't think so. There might be people who feel like they've, you know, I would love to see. My honest hope is that you get some people who are just like, this is my chance to go out there and bring a weird deck. That would be like, great. Here's my thing. Like, I, I would, would love, love to see a black, white, like life gain control deck. Ooh, spicy. That could be really cool. I mean, I hope we get deck diversity here. Yeah. I'm wor- quite worried we won't, especially yeah. not in the MPL. I feel like with the it's so much money yes that's true like you kind of don't want to be like oh this is my personal pet i love this deck i want to express myself with it because there's so also, you much could be losing money like like at some point you've got to be like i can't even think about fun right now i yeah. have to just think about making the right call which is a little sad what's the dollar amount at which you stop thinking about fun <laughs> <laughs> i think it's i think it's an important question not only for this but for life yeah <laughs> It's a great point. Great point. Yeah. So we'll there you see. go. I have I have no idea. I also have no idea. And I think these games are going to be real fast. Yeah. This is going to be a fast tournament. Yeah. That's my hot take. Unless Nexus somehow takes over and well, then it t- goes forever. A girl can help. But, <laughs> but who knows? So let's talk a little bit more about the controversy, which everyone wants to hear about the most about That's this right. tournament. Well, we already talked a little bit about the people who weren't invited and the controversy about people being kind of a little bit harassed about who was invited. Not cool. Um, yes. uh, but anyway, so Not cool. that was one of the big parts of it. The other big part of it was something that happened <clears throat> mostly on Reddit this past weekend, which um, if you don't know, Reddit is a big place where people go to talk about magic at the r slash magic TCG account. Um, anyway, so what happened is one of the players who was invited was a Spanish streamer named Mafer. Mafer, I'm sorry, I don't know how, how to pronounce that, who's part of the Haruya Girls squad. And um, so she kind of was targeted, I believe, by some of the more nefarious parts of the magic community who were not happy about her being invited because she had only streamed, I think, less than a day in terms of hours yeah. of magic. And so they went after her and they found her Twitter account and they went back and read all of her tweets and all this kind of stuff. And what was found were a couple of really, 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 really offensive tweets yeah. that she had made in the past. There, some are homophobic, some were um, disabled phobic. I don't know if there's a word for that, but they're regardless, say you can go find them if you want to know what they said. They were very bad. And what happened is she Apologized. She wrote an apology and admitted that, yes, she had written these. There's some kind of a uh, little bit of in the dark of whether or not she'd actually written, e- written these. Yes, she yeah. said she had. Because some people were like, she could be set up. Yeah, it could like be. A con- yeah, like yes. A photoshopped. Photoshopped. Yeah. Um, and she said, I was, you know, something along the lines of, I was 13 when I started social media. I wrote some bad stuff. If you're offended, I'm sorry. By the way, I'm bisexual. So... In my personal opinion, this is falls into the category of a, what we call nowadays a non-apology apology. Yeah. Where you're not accepting the blame enough for your actions and for what you did. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry if you were offended. 
is by the way never an apology you're like please you don't find do that apologizing for something but then you say the phrase i'm sorry <laughs> if you were offended realize that you're not apologizing <laughs> not and that what you it need is. to start over <laughs> yeah press delete start over um there is also a little bit of misdirection in this non-apology which was to say i was 13 when i started my social media accounts however the truth is that she was either 18 or 19 when she made these tweets not 13 so yeah. she started the accounts at 13 these tweets were made when she was an adult um and then <laughs> it felt a little bit kevin spacey in the end to throw and by the way i'm by yeah <laughs> i've got to say um anyway so there's that there there have been tweets since of her wearing uh, gay pride shirts and this kind of thing um that's the information that we have there about all of that yeah um <laughs> in my personal opinion um, and there's been a lot of debate about this. People have said, you know what? She apologized. She's changed her mind. People can change in two and a half years and maybe things, you know, are different now. And you can't expect a 22 year old to know how to write a proper apology or let's cut her some slack. I am of the belief that what she tweeted was so horrendous and the apology was such a poor apology that I cannot give her the benefit of the doubt. And that's okay if you disagree with me. Um, but for me personally, it's just, a, just my take that, um, it was just so, so bad. And the apology was also so, so poor that I believe her withdrawing from the tournament was what she did in the end, just took herself voluntarily out of it was, was the right move. Wizards of the Coast, however, did not say that this was the reason for her withdrawal. They just said she's withdrawing. So a lot of people got confused on social media thinking she was bullied out of the tournament, which in one way is kind of is true. Is kind of true. But in another which way. Which sucks about it. <laughs> yeah. like I, yes. Uh, is, that part is frustrating. There for is sure. also another part, like I don't, I shouldn't re report hearsay, but this is, this is all hearsay. Someone saying like, she said, oh no, I was just tweeting that because that was part of this thing that said, tweet the worst thing you've ever heard about gay people. And then that was debunked because no, it was on a hate thread of all this kind of stuff yeah so anyway take that with a grain of salt but that was something yeah. else floating around on the internet about this whole thing anyway that's my takeaway yeah. um personally my there you go i'll admit that i'm in the camp of you can change a lot um even in even in two and a half years you know um and that people should be given that room to grow however i feel like the the part that I don't like about this is the is the misdirection yeah where it's like trying to make it seem as though you wrote this stuff when you were 13 and that was a very long time ago if it was two years ago own up to it and be like yeah do you know what it happened two years ago I've changed a lot in two years because at the end of the day if I'm going to give you that ability to grow I'll give it to you over a decade and I'll give it to you over two years as long as as long as you're you being honest it. about it. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, if she had been like, I wrote that stuff two years ago and my life has changed and I have changed a lot in two years, I'd be like, okay. okay. Yeah. You Fair enough. Right. Um, I've certainly said stuff that I now disagree with myself on <laughs> in the past. I love that I disagree with myself. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, you know, I hope that people, you know, anyone who you know, who knew me when I, when I said those things yeah. would allow me now to be different. Right. Um, but at the same time, I would also apologize for them Yeah. and, and uh, take ownership of the fact that I said them. So, Oh, so there you go. That was a big deal. No yeah. answer on, um, who the replacement will be, yeah. um, on, in this tournament or yeah. if there'll be one, I assume there has to be one in order to keep this match integrity with no buys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. There, there you, go. you go. And then of course there's people. What a wild week! Who are upset about the best of one and these t in this t in this weird format? Yeah, I say it's an invitational tournament. Have your weird format. Go for it. If this, <laughs> I really, but you know how I feel about it, best of three. I think that's the true way to play yeah. Magic, and I don't think I'm just being an old fogey about it. Um, yeah. Saffron Olive. Oh wait, okay, hold on. We're gonna move on. To something Saffron Olive said in a second. Yes. Because along with this mythic invitational stuff that came out was an article uh, by Aaron Forsyth and Chris Clay from Wizards of the Coast to kind of like talk about their decision making process. Yeah. With this myth mythic invitational. And their thought process is, hey, Arena's new. It's a new way to play Magic. We have the access to digital now, which means we can make changes in the game and do things in the game, which we 
flat out can't do yeah. in Paper Magic. So we're going to take advantage of that and try and replicate people's arena play experience in a tournament like the Mythic Invitational. Yeah. Um, so they're excited for it. They're excited for the new possibilities of what arena brings to the table. And I say, why shouldn't you be? Because yeah, there are a lot of cool stuff you can do in arena, like the opening hand thing. You can't do that in real yeah. life. I mean, I guess you could, but like certainly not in the same way that arena does it. Yeah. Um, okay. So oh, there's that. You, sorry. Can you imagine a world? Hear me out. Yeah. Where, so you've shuffled up and it's a best of one game in person. Okay. And I think the way that they've said that they would potentially do it, the way it's done with like two headed giant, which is best of one is that you get one free mulligan. But what if instead, hear me out. Okay. You shuffle up your decks and cut them. And then you draw one opening hand of seven cards. And another one. And then you draw another one. And you get to look at each of them, Ooh. pick one, and then you shuffle the other one back into That's your deck. That's cool. I'd try it. Okay. I'd try it for sure. But that has a lot of other things that go with it. Like what if it, you know, what if you know what your opponent is on and you can pick the better hand against them and that sort of thing. So that's problematic. Yeah. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be kind of cool? It would. All right. It would. I would be interested to see what kind of decisions that makes. Maybe in the future we can try it. Yeah. We can, we can make a little video for everybody. We'll do an experiment that's for science. That's just us like looking at our, our best for of one you. hands. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yes. Very excited. New. They want to try new things. And the, this article was called the and, in quotation marks, of MTG Arena. Meaning, MTG Arena is one thing. Tabletop is another thing. Yes. We're not touching tabletop. I can make a comment here. Um, but we're keeping it the same way that it is. And Arena is just an addition and a different yeah. and new way to play Magic. And you can play tabletop traditional way. Yeah. And their thinking behind having like these best, these best of one tournaments here is that, and I'm going to quote here, quote, sideboarding solves many problems, but it does so with the addition of a process that is challenging to understand and master. Unquote. And that's Chris Clay. That's kind of the point. Yeah. That's my argument here. Yes. <laughs> Like it is difficult. It is challenging. It is difficult to master. Exactly. So is the rest of magic. Yes. News right. Flash. Like, guess what? It's just another thing that you get to learn. I feel like they're looking at it of like, oh, you have to learn sideboarding. No, you get to learn sideboarding. You get to choose to be a person who's very, very good at it. Right. Like some people, you know, back in when Brad Nelson was like really hitting it hard with his standard career. Yeah. People were looking at it and being like, one of the things that he does better than anybody else is understand how to sideboard his yeah, matches. Absolutely. But you know what? There were other successful standard people at the time who were certainly less good at it, who were choosing to focus on other things, right? It kind of makes it's, yeah, it makes it a more interesting game. And this is where I wanted to bring up Saffron Olive, um, who does a lot of streaming through MTG Goldfish and has a very successful website and YouTube series and all that. He wrote a, a response to this in which he initially said what you said, Megan, that difficulty is why people like magic, yeah. not in spite of it. Yeah. And I think if you're trying to chase that Hearthstone, money, 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 which... You know, like, it's obvious that they're trying yes. to do. And honestly, they got into the game a little too late and they're trying to make up for it, right? Yeah. And um, sure, they've given us the option to play best of one on Arena and stuff. But in my mind, the thing that I really hope they don't lose sight of, which also what Seth argues here, is that <laughs> Magic is the best game. Yeah. That is why it has survived for 25 years. And that is why <laughs> when you continue to develop Arena... It will continue to do well as long as you're doing it. Yeah. So like the traditional way people have played magic with the sideboard with best of three. Yeah. Is why magic has continued yeah. to exist and be successful in its forms. Hearthstone is fun. It's one off. But after a while, I was a Hearthstone player. Yeah. I stopped playing it. Do you know what makes me frustrated is it feels like they're looking at arena and they're like, okay, what, are, what is the barrier to entry? Oh, it's the challenging aspects of magic. Do you know what the barrier to entry is? That you can't play it on your phone. Yeah, I agree. That's the barrier to entry. Don't talk to me about other ones because that is literally the number one reason when we talk to people who aren't playing arena yet is the question that they ask. When can I play it on my phone? When can I play it on my Mac? When can I play it on my iPad? Yeah. That's what they're asking. They're not asking, how do I sideboard? No. And they're not being like, this is too hard. I'm never going to get it. I just, no. I just never had that thought when I was learning magic. Yeah. It was hard. And I liked that it was hard. Exactly. And again, it feels so good when you're playing and you made a great sideboard decision and you win a game because of it. You're like, yes, this is a way in which I can be a better magic player. And it's really cool. In Hearthstone, best of one, no sideboard situation. 
I got really tired of it. It was a coin flip whether or not I was going to win that game based on the yes. deck my opponent was winning, was playing. And sure, I guess if you, you win, you're like, oh, hooray, I won. But you don't feel that good about it. You're like, well, I won because it was a bad, it was a bad matchup yeah. for them. I won because I got to go first. Yes. And that feeling leaves after a while. I won because my opponents regularly only had three lands in play and then never saw another one. Cause I had that happen where it's like, I won three matches, but it's o- literally only because every time my opponent would get to three lands and then never draw another one. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yay. I won, but I didn't feel good about those games. I didn't even feel like I was playing games of magic. No, I was just clicking and putting a card out. Exactly. It's like, okay, I wish that they had had a second and a, maybe even a third game. So it's like, let's see what your deck actually does. And I think having best of one, this is like not to like poop all over it. I think it's totally fine to have on yeah. arena. It's great if you just want to go in for a quick mode, especially in, in draft, I think is yeah. where, I, where I don't mind it as much. But in, but in the standard best of one competitive queue or ranked queue, I should say, I'm going to call it what it is. It's a cesspool in there. <laughs> And it's a cesspool filled with three decks. Mono red, Nexus of Fate, never mind, it's two. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay, I will say I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. Because I, I've i only played against, mid, against mid-range decks for the most part. In the part. best of one ranked queue? Yes. Oh, I would play okay. against Bant mid-range. Um, I would play against, like, Golgari mid-range. And sometimes I would play against mono red or white aggro. Well, Those were the big ones that I was hitting. Oof. I just, I just, I've gotten out of the best of one Q on ranked. I've just Fair stopped enough. doing it and playing the best of three one. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Best of one's <laughs> fine. Okay. But I yeah. just really hope, this is my hope, is that Wizards understands why magic is so good, why so many lo- people love it and have loved it for so long. And it's not because it's an easy game to that, play that, and easy for people to get into. Yeah. And I know you want more people and get them in maybe on arena with your best of one. But like, do, please do not lose sight of the actual reason this game is so good yeah that's that's all i can say and i, I don't and think you will but i'm gonna say it one more time if you're trying to reduce barriers to entry guess what <laughs> you're real on. wide on the mark in terms of what the real <laughs> barrier to entry is right now how do you put it on a phone look I, that's above I my pay grade i don't freaking know <laughs> but there you go put it on there just put it on a gosh darn mac oh gosh that would be just so start great. out I would we just literally had that conversation panda. yesterday. Yes, we did. You and I were, were hanging out at a friend's and they were like, hey, how can how can I put this on my Mac? When can I have this on my Mac so I can play? Yep. And we're like, we were showing buddy. them. It was a new per- new person. It was by yeah, the way. never played magic. Um, Anyways. But yeah, the last point kind of from that article, which is the main one, is that something we knew, which is R&D has been instructed to develop for both best of one gameplay and best of three. And that's why we're seeing cards like Night of Autumn, cards like Ravager Worm and cards like Bedevil yeah. and Standard um, and that kind of thing. So, whew. well, once again, we've spent hours. <laughs> oh, our podcast looks like the time's up. The podcast is over. <laughs> Because we've been talking about this for a hundred years. My beard is on the floor. But yeah, we would love to hear what you all think about this out in the community. If you want to send us a tweet at GLHF Magic, please do let us know what you think of all, yeah. all of this stuff. It certainly is a lot. Shout out to patrons who can hop into the Discord Oh yeah, chat. our Discord is Talk about it there. Hoppin'. 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 to ultra pro for being one of our awesome sponsors that's right ultra pro the place to go if you want deck boxes sleeves sleeves with grumpy cat on Look them at these grumpy cats really nice heavy metal dice yeah i've got these they're called um heavy oh they are called heavy metal dice. that's literally what they're called i wasn't i wasn't joking around if you're into heavy metal the music or d- cool looking dice these are yeah. great you get two uh 20 siders and they're very hefty like these ones are shiny and chrome this feels like when you roll it that you mean it you yep. know what i mean yep <laughs> like i'm not messing around with my opening you know evens or odds roll i know that we've uh, also talked about them so much already but the guild sleeves are just I love amazing. The guild sleeves—they're so good. They're all great. They make me want to be every guild because I just want every guild's yes, guild sleeve. Same, and I don't They're want to be beautiful. caught in a draft where I'm using the wrong guild sleeve. Embarrassing. Ugh. 
Uh, so hop on over there. Yeah. Get some sweet new guild sleeves. Yeah, you can find all of their gear on ultrapro.com or you can check them out at carkina.com slash GLHF. And you can even ask for a sticker from Good Luck High Five in your order and check out some of their cool Ultra Pro stuff that they stock over there too. For a standard corner. That's right. It's just a standard corner. Just your average everyday corner. Normal corner. Nothing to see here. So, Maria, what have you been playing in standard? Oh, great question. Mm-hmm. So, I've been hopping back and forth between a few decks. And if you have listened to the show previously, you know that I've been playing a bunch of Boros Angels in That's standard. Right. That was your jam. I loved it. Get those angels in there. Huge, big creatures that are excellent and frankly must be dealt with yes lyra dawn bringer we've just got we've got all of them resplendent angel i'm a little three three now i'm a six now i can make a four four when i gain life blah 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 it's a mid-range deck um love that deck so i've been playing it still turns out it's still pretty good um in standard and now that i can play best of three on arena with it i I like it a lot more um i've also been playing wyatt darby's esper mid-range deck that he used to pilot to a fifth place finish at scg indianapolis the past weekend i made a few tweaks to it and so have people online that i've been playing and boy oh boy megan is that deck just fun yeah it's just a fun deck i mean i think it's pretty good too but it's also just fun to play because you've got so many tools to deal with what's going on with what with your opponent it has basilica bell haunt which gains you three life when it enters the battlefield and forces your opponent to discard so it's good against mono red aggro and that kind of thing it's also got four toughness is big four toughness does matter you need a lava quill to kill it Hero of Precinct 1 gets you so much value when you're just spewing out tokens, playing your multicolored spells. Thought Erasure gets your opponent's stuff. Like if I'm playing against like a Nexus deck or something Mm -hmm. like that, it can steal their Wilderness Reclamation or something like that, which can be super, super important. Or their Guild Summit if they're playing Gates, etc., etc. And then you've just got big stuff. Like I put in Doom Whisperer the other day to replace (laughs) Seraph of the Scales, um, which I think was a good change. And this other spicy inclusion that I updated my deck with yesterday, which is, oh gosh, what's it called? It's the artifact that gives all your creatures plus one, plus one, and then you can draw two cards at the beginning of your turn and spells oh yeah blah 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 their planeswalkers can't Uh, be activated the sun the sun yep the immortal sun the immortal sun i have two copies of that the sun the sun the sun which i think is really spicy especially when your hero has been going off and all of your tokens are now two twos anyway the deck is super fun and if you've been looking for something to try that's really interesting and has you know a fair chance against most of the decks in the meta i think it's a good choice i've also been playing a lot of azorius aggro which is the deck i play if i just want to win <laughs> if i just feel like winning yeah um because it just does it's this got a uh, first place last yes. week this past weekend in baltimore at the star city games Good team morning, open baltimore. um which this was a uh this was team in that one person was standard one person was modern one was legacy yes i love this team format i think it's really fun yeah uh, so tell us about this deck. So this deck is beginning more and more popular. Um, it's got just your basic white weenie shell, which is all the creatures you remember from when you, people were playing Boros aggro, but no heroic reinforcements. Instead, we've got deputy of detention as your card that you're splashing for in the main deck. Everything else is white. So tithe taker is one of the new cards in this set. Um, but there's only a one of in the, in the winning deck list, at least from SCG tournament. And then your sideboard, you know, you have access to permission spells. So that's why you have blue in there. Um, anyway, this deck just, you know, spews creatures and wins and deputy of <laughs> detention is pretty nice yeah. sometimes. So there you go. Um, by the way, Solid. if you steal somebody's hydroid crassus with deputy of detention, it's gone forever. It's gone forever. Bye. Same as Comes with Comes back as a shaker. zero zero. Yeah. <laughs> right to the graveyard. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, um, deck's really good. And uh, if you're playing best of one, <laughs> that's a good choice right there. Um, but yeah, I think those are th- kind of three, a little bit different decks that I've been having a great time with. How about you? So Maria, I've been playing your nemesis. Yes. Uh, Nexus of Fate. Oof. Taking turns. Oof. I've been playing the version that is... It is three colors, yeah. Uh, it's which is Bant because it has Wilderness Reclamation, obviously Nexus of Fate, yeah. Uh, search for Ascantas, and 
wilderness reclamation. Did I already say that? No. <laughs> Did I already say it? Did this I is, say it once? This is like your. I should just say it again. That you are the deck wilderness right now. I'll say it again. Uh, <laughs> Did I fairies. say it? You're just uh, drawing Nexus. cards. Literally, yeah. you're just drawing cards, and eventually you're taking all of the turns. So. A lot of people. I, how does this deck? How does this deck win? Um, your opponent concedes to you. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't works. count. Okay, so there's a couple of ways that you can win. Great. Which uh, I have. First off, I have one copy of Expansion Explosion. Ooh. Because space. and the only way to cast it is because the deck also runs Gift of Paradise. Yeah. So you have to have a Gift <laughs> of Paradise in play. But what's really cool is that every once in a while, even if you're not able to chain turn into turn into turn, if you have enough lands and enough Wilderness Reclamations in play you can just kill them because if they're yeah. only at 20 life you can get up to x equals 20 relatively quickly wow as long as you're setting all of your stops appropriately uh, so that's one way another way is the other way is like if they're going to make you do it uh s- hopefully you haven't discarded expansion explosion yet yep but if you have the other way you can is that you ultimate it to fairy yep and then you exile all of their permanence mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of turns. And then you just start letting them take their turn again. Yeah. Because they can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> because you have There's exiled no everything, including their lands. And so eventually you deck them. Exactly. Okay. Um, which you can do because you, if you're going to deck first, you just have your other Teferi out. Um, or, you know, the Whoop. same Teferi that you ultimated it. Uh, and you just put it, you tuck it into your own library. And if that's the way, if you get to that point, usually once you've exiled like 10 of their permanents, they're like, they're, they concede. I'm done. <laughs> so I'm done with magic forever. I quit. Exactly. Every once in a while, like I don't like to discard expansion explosion because it's the, if I want the game to end soon and they might not be a person who concedes, I want to keep it. But yeah. sometimes you just got to discard it because you've got better stuff. And you're like, I'll just take my time. Uh. I have a question for you though. Yes. Like, um, uh, is it fun? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Explain yourself. Is my answer. It's just, uh, I, I love it because it's a little, honestly, it plays in my opinion, most like a combo deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, it has no counter spells, right? You usually nope. think of blue as being the color of counter magic, but in this case, all, all that you're doing is drawing cards. Um, because you're looking for your nexus of faith yeah. or your ramp spells early in the game or your teferis. And then eventually it's just to the point where you, you're going to hit it every time because you get one look with your search for his Kanta. You get a look with the teferi. And then if you still haven't found it, when you untap with wilderness reclamation, you can just look again. And at that point you found it. Yeah. This is sometimes where I feel the most crushed by this deck because I'm like, maybe they won't find it and I can have another yeah. turn. And but- I'll be honest. I think that most people at this point have figured out that if most of the time, if I have a flipped search and I have a Teferi, that's when they'll concede. Yeah. Because it's my chances of not hitting it are actually, essentially zero. Yeah. Is Do you think it's really that low? It's not. It must. It's, it's not, not zero, technically but zero, but it's, it's so low. Yeah. Because you have four copies of the card in your deck. Because even if they make you discard, it just gets shuffled back in. You cast it, it gets shuffled back in. Yeah. And when you only have 20 cards in your library and four of them are Nexus of Fate. <laughs> oh, God. You're right. It does seem like zero. You're just gonna. Um, I wonder what it actually is. It. Frank Karsten, call us. Uh, so, anyways, it's. I I get it. I get that people don't enjoy playing against it. My answer to them is, once like don't make people play it out. Yeah. Um, if they if they have those two things, I'm not saying if they're if if they're not close, don't do it. Obviously. Yeah. Maybe they'll whiff. But if they have a flipped thing, or it's just it's, like. It's just impossible. exactly. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm they're not the person stressing out. I'm not stressing out while I'm doing it. I'm just waiting for my opponent to concede and, you know, just having fun in the meantime. I think um, the reason people might not be conceding is one. The reason I just said, like, oh, maybe they'll whiff. But now the way you explained it to me makes me think that that's essentially not going to happen. Yeah. Two is some people on magic arena we've talked about it before on this show do not have a win condition in their nexus decks and a very famous now in magic world incident of this occurred during a stream last week last week last week where shahar shenhar was streaming and playing against somebody playing this version playing a deck that had no win condition so no expansion explosion and uh no way to win no teferis you know, I don't know. So the th- I think the issue that happened with this is that Shahar was playing control and he had countered all of his opponent's wing conditions. Oh, okay. 
because again, like I said, I, I don't expect people to conceive necessarily if they haven't seen a Teferi yet yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. That makes sense. But if I have a Teferi out and I'm taking all the turns, you, I'm just going to exile your, your permanence yeah. and that's my win condition. Yeah. Um, but in this case, he had countered all of them <laughs> and, the, and the person playing him only had three Nexus of Fate in their deck. Like that was it. <laughs> that was the card in their deck. And Shahar was tap, tapped out. Oh my gosh. And so his opponent was just playing Nexus, it shuffles in, playing Nexus, it shuffles in. And they did this for two hours. Two hours this happened. Two Eventually, hours. Shahar was like, I'm just going to do this for charity. Please donate while I'm streaming versus this as I keep this up and yeah. give money to charity, which was pretty cool. Um, so somebody from Wizards of the Coast, Chris Clay, who we talked about a little earlier, was actually in chat for this happening and was able to ban his opponent uh, for two hours, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so the so it looked like the opponent conceded, but if, in, if effectually they're just banned. Yes. And my reaction to this is, we cannot put a band aid on this problem by just happening to ban people when you see it happening on yeah. stream. Which whatever, I guess you can make. And it makes me mad. Like, don't give turns players a bad name by doing this. Yeah, that's it's also bad sucks. behavior, right? I hate that if I'm like. I love playing turns and people are like, oh, you're going to be the person who has three nexus of fate in their deck. And all you're doing is just waiting for me. It's like, no, I would never do that to yeah, you. Yeah. If I had three nexus in my deck and that was it and no Teferi or anything in play, I would concede because I can't win. I hope that they're working on a solution to this problem because yeah. I don't think you should be able to submit a deck um, if you have no win condition. And we were talking about this, but like, how do we make sure this happens? Because this person technically did have a win condition in the Teferi's. And Megan had a great uh, answer, which we don't know how to make codes about this kind of thing. Yeah. But what was it? If it can look at, at it and say, if it looks at the board situation and says, the only card in your deck is Nexus of Fate and there is no Teferi or Teferi emblem, then it's a draw. Yeah. And this is like helped out by coding cards in arena as this card can, can win a game. Like a, this is a win condition yeah. potentially and not. And um, if there are none in your deck, none left in the deck, none on, on the, the battlefield, then you have, then you lose. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's even possible. And someone, people were saying, I heard, and I don't know how true this is, that I think perhaps it could be a loss for you if that's all that you have left. Because in paper magic, what would happen is what you're doing is a loop. Yep. And the judge, a judge would basically just be like, how many times do you execute the loop? And you would be like, one million. Yep. And they would be like, okay, now the million times are over and it's your opponent's turn. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it would be a draw or if it should be a loss. Okay. That would have to be people with more judge experience and knowledge than I um, would have to look at that situation. Yeah. So let's try and fix this. And please don't be the person who plays this deck without a win condition. Yes. Or who, keeps, who keeps playing after all, after. they're all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I think that. I think that it's a perfect deck. Let's talk about quickly who won the SCG tournament. Yes. And what their decks were, in case you're curious, um, for Legacy Standard and Modern, which it seems like a super fun tournament, and by all yes. accounts was super fun for the people playing in it. And, you know, I've got to give a hashtag Minnesota Represent because we had some Minnesota representatives winning the whole thing. That's right. Um, so at the, the first place team... Um, was Jacob Hagen, Ryan Overturf, and Liz Lynn. They were playing Azorius Aggro in Standard, Teamer Phoenix in Modern. No surprises. No. Hot new deck. Hot new deck. And Demir Death's Shadow in the Legacy. Ooh. And that was kind of a hot new deck as of it was. PT 25th anniversary. Yeah. yeah, that was the new innovation. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, and then in second place... Uh, the modern decks were Mono Red Phoenix, okay. uh, Grixis Delver in Legacy, and Sultai Midrange in Standard. Yeah, and Sultai Midrange is kind of the new hotness now popularized yeah. by Brad Nelson, who's saying it's the best deck. And a lot of people agreeing. <laughs> so let's take a quick look at this deck, which um, has a card that a lot of people are calling the best card in Standard right now. Uh, we've got Hydroid Crass. This, this list particularly only has two copies of it. Yeah, but interesting. It's, it's so good because... Even if you cast and it gets countered, you still get the life gain. You still draw the cards. Yep. There's also a biogenic ooze. This card is a, a must counter or a must kill. Yeah. And is very scary. Yeah. Quite a good card. Uh, it also has two Karn. 
Okay. And then three Vivian Reed in this cool. particular one. So this is just, these cards yeah. are all great. Put them in the deck. Yeah. I enjoy it. Uh, then there's also in third place, the standard deck was Bant Tokens. Oh, okay. This sounds cool. Yeah, right. Uh, this has f- the tokens, notably, are four Amara, Soul of the Accord, three Tristani, Discordant. Okay, makes sense. Um, and then uh, four March of the Multitudes and four History of Banalia. But don't forget about Hydrid Crassus because there's right. three in this there's deck. There's also three of that, four Incubation Druid, uh, new ramp spell of choice. Yes. You can ramp very, very fast with the Incubation Druid into yeah. some nasty stuff, particularly if you're playing Hadana's Climb. Yes, exactly. So the Incubation Druid, this is one in a green for an O2. It says tap, add one mana of any type that a land you control would produce. If Incubation Druid has a plus one, plus one counter on it, add three mana of that time of that type instead. And then it has three green, green for adapt three. But notably, it doesn't care if you adapted it. To no. add those three mana. No. It just cares that it has a counter on yeah. it. So you can play this on two and then something like Hadana's Climb on three. Boom. Put Tap a counter on this and you have three mana. Yeah. You had six mana on turn three at your disposal. Wow. So pretty. That's pr- it's pretty sweet. Wow. I will say I love people thinking that mid-range decks are the best deck in standard <laughs> because it is the sweet spot for turns. <laughs> It is. That's what you want to play against. Absolutely. It is. It is. There's just honestly, if like the first thing that someone plays is the uh, green, like an overgrown tomb or something, I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. Oh, this is great. Look at all of your cast outs that you're not going to oh, use. All beautiful. your ravenous chupacabras. Honestly, people can play hydroid crassus and draw four cards. And you're at like, the end whatever. Of the day, I don't care. No. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fog your one relevant attack and that's it. (laughs) Sorry. I just want to talk about turns all day. Can I tell you about the sweetest play? Oh yeah. The, the most beautiful thing about the turns deck is that sometimes as early as turn four, because you have things like growth spiral, um, and gift of paradise is that you can play a Teferi right on turn four or five. And then you draw a card with it, even though they have a bunch of creatures, and you untap two lands, and then you just fog their attack. <laughs> it feels unbeatable. It <laughs> and feels it probably is. unbeatable. And it probably is. Oh, it's so good. Anyways. Anyways, there's a lot of new cool stuff floating around I Standard, it. as it were, right now. Yes. I am really looking forward to a Pro Tour Cleveland, or as we now call it, Mythic Championship Cleveland, which is a tabletop paper tournament. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to kind of qualify what we're talking about here. And uh, getting a shot to see what the pros think is the best yeah. uh, deck in a really high-level tournament like that, I think will be pretty cool, which is coming up later at the end of this month, Megan. This month. Holy buckets. Yeah, the weekend of February 22nd yeah. pro tour okay so not to be that person who's like we're talking about cats let me show you a million photos of my cats i'm gonna tell you one more story about turns <laughs> megan just has pictures of turns in her wallet <laughs> look at this pull out my phone and scroll through them and show people no. so i accidentally entered a um a best of three event which is like the traditional constructed with a deck with no sideboard i've done it and i still i still didn't matter one like all of the mid-range matches i ended up dropping at four and one because i had the i was just doing it for gold for more uh for more, more draft for more gold but i if i could win game one do you know what no sideboard i could just win game two it was turns out sideboards don't great. matter at all <laughs> everything we're after, saying is a lie after we talked about how important it is sideboards are still very important <laughs> and there were matches right like like mono red i don't know if i can ever beat it but yeah dang it felt good it's time for a brand new flavor text theater and uh we don't have any packs to crack that's right so we're cracking studio. we're cracking um virtual, a virtual pack a virtual pack um and to add to our giveaway since yes. we can't add virtual cards to it we'll just put in an uncracked booster oh excellent of ravnica allegiance in this month's giveaway which by the way you can enter yes in the show notes, oh, in the show notes. or in the link below if you are watching this on youtube Okay, so this Flavor Text Theater is called The Hottest New Deck, yes. and we're going to invent some decks for you. Okay. If you want to actually make these decks, I mean, go for it. I okay. would love to see what you make. Anyway, so I'll kick things off with our mythic that we virtually cracked, Yes, which is uh, 
Dovin Grand Arbiter, Ooh. full name Dovin Bon. Yes. Megan, have you heard about the hot new Dovin Grand Arbiter deck? No, it's I haven't. It's the hottest new deck in standard. What is it? Okay, what happens is you take Dovin, you put four copies in your deck, and then you take four copies of every other card that's been banned in standard because his name is Dovin Ban. So we're going to play Rampaging Frostedon. We're going to play Ramunap Ruins. We're going to play Dovin Grand Arbiter just because the deck's namesake. And then we're going to concede to everyone because we're actually kicked out of the tournament. <laughs> wow. What do you think? What a hot new deck. Hot new deck. Hot, hot new, new deck. deck. <laughs> Megan, have you had your eye on a hot new deck recently? Yes. My hot new deck is built around the card Lawmage's Binding. Ooh, what the heck is that card even too? <laughs> and Lawmage's Law Binding says enchant creature, enchanted creature can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated. Ooh, okay. And what we're going to do is we're <laughs> going to play all the greatest creatures in blue and white. And we're going to play four copies of Law Mage's Binding. And then we're going to bind our own cards. What? what? We're just going to bind our own cards. What? And then we're going to stand up and give our opponent a hug if they want one. <laughs> and then we're going to concede because we Law Mage's Binding all of our own creatures. That's fair. What do you think of my That's hot new fair. deck? It re sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also really great. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the hot new deck that I've been thinking of is um, Vindictive Vampire Tribal. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is a three and a black for a two, three vampire. Whenever another creature you control dies, Vindictive Vampire deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. Oh. Okay, so the deal with this deck is if your opponent does anything like kill your creatures, uh, fog your attacks... Whatever you want to be, attack your life total, mm -hmm. you are going to be personally offended. And the way that this works is that anytime one of your creatures dies, you specifically have to cast a burn spell at your opponent's face, but only if one of your creatures dies in combat or is countered or something like that. So you have to be very vindictive with what's happening. You cannot cast these spells unless you have been offended in some way by what your opponent is doing. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Taste that nice. retribution. Okay. What other deck have you had your eye on, Megan? So in this deck, um, we're going to take four copies of a red card, and I'll tell you what it is in just a Ooh, second. Okay, great, great, great. And we're going to put it together with a whole bunch of other red cards. But then when we're shuffling up, we're just going to take our deck, and we're going to switch it with our opponents. And they're going <laughs> to be like, what? And then we're going to attack them Ooh, with their own cool. creatures, and we're going to be like, look at the deck that you're playing, and you'll understand why. And they're going to open up that deck, and it's just copies of Active Treason. <laughs> It's just <laughs> copies of Active Treason. That deck's going to be the illegal. Hottest new deck. That's a hot new deck. It's only copies <laughs> of Active Treason. But you're playing your opponent's deck, so joke's on them. <laughs> I love that idea. I'm going to bring that to the next GP. Oh, thank you. But not before I bring my my very uh, favorite hottest new deck. Oh, what is it? It's um, Territorial Boar. So we have oh. four copies of Territorial Boar. Okay. And the rest of our deck is filled with the most boring cards in standard. Oh. So this is all two twos for two with no flavor text. Anything that just really, really sucks is yeah. going in our deck. Oh. And it's going to be so boring. Like the opponent's going to beat you pretty easily. But once again, joke's on them because it's the most boring yeah. game of Magic they will have ever played. They will ever play. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear about my next Ooh, hot new deck? Yes, yes. Okay, in this one, you build a whole deck. Okay. But then you put it aside, you go get your law degree. <laughs> okay, this, seems like, you, this takes a long time to play. Then you become a practicing lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and then at your very first trial, uh -huh. you're going to reach into your bag and Ooh. pull out this deck. It's okay. called Bring to Trial. Oh, that's a great deck. Big, I never thought I'd hear about a deck that took longer to play. The Nexus of Fate. But there it is. <laughs> there it is. At least three years of law school. <laughs> but Megan, what about this hot new deck? Okay. It's for fans of William Riker on Star Trek. Okay. Specifically when he brings out his flipping tuba. <laughs> What's going to happen is you're going to sit down across from your opponent. You're going to pull out whatever brass instrument um, you prefer. You know, either a, a tuba, a trumpet, a um, bassoon. No, wait, that's a wind instrument. Never mind. Whatever you want. And French you're just, horn. French horn. You're going to play it in your opponent's face. You can play a nice song. You can play a bad song. But you just have to play it in your opponent's face. Anyway, the only cards in your deck are four copies of Rakdos Trumpeter. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. There's no lands. <laughs> 
There's no ants. There's no ants. Oh, very yeah, nice. So that's my new Well, these deck. are some these are some pretty hot new decks. Yeah. So if you want to try out any of these decks, yeah, let us know how it send goes. Send us a list, even though <laughs> with the hashtag hot new deck. Hot new deck. Um, even though we know what already goes into many of them. Yes. <laughs> like, but send us the deck list. Please send us the deck list. Hashtag hot new deck. <laughs> That is our show for this week. I'm trying to like move my microphone up and down, like you know how you kind of do the glasses behind your ears, like. like oh, it's not no, I was just moving myself oh. away from the microphone. <laughs> uh, we covered a heck of a lot in this episode. I've yeah, got to say. Yep. I've got to say. Um, remember before before you stop listening and you go on with your exciting life. life yeah. Um, to check us out on patreon.com slash glhf magic. Yes. And please, please, please consider becoming a supporter of the show if you're not already. Help us through what is truly, honestly, a little bit of a difficult time. Yes. In our professional careers. Like, hopefully we've been here for you when you needed it. And now we're we're sincerely asking if you can be there for us. Um, and it would mean a lot. So patreon.com slash glhf magic is the link to go to. You can support for any dollar amount. Like a buck is totally fine. You become yep. a member. Um, just, you know, whatever you think you can spare, uh, in a month. Um, also once again, thanks to card kingdom for always having our back and being great sponsors and ultra pro as well for the same reasons. Um, you can check us out on YouTube this week. We've got new box opening videos that are going to be posted. We've got our board game reviews. We're on Twitch streaming three days a week. Hot wow. Dang. We do a lot of stuff. Any day of the week. You want to check it out. Check it out. You can. Oh man. <laughs> Megan's done. <laughs> oh, that was my poem. That's really good. <laughs>